Hub sessions took place at the 2020 Airport Experience Conference in Denver. We share them with you now, courtesy of Plaza Premium Group, the Hub Session sponsor. This Hub Session features a conversation with Jonathan Song, Director of Global Business Development for Plaza Premium Group. Okay, welcome to the next session in our uh, Airport Experience Hub Sessions uh, sponsored by Plaza Premium Group. Here we will be doing uh, the next in line of the evolving airport hotel. My guest is Jonathan Song, the Director of Global Business Development for Plaza Premium Group. Jonathan, thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you very much, Ramon. Thanks for inviting us uh, over to this uh, hub session, and it's, uh, our, our, it's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you again. No, perf yeah. no perfect, perfect. So obviously, PBG or Plaza Premium Group, of course. <laughs> uh, as you're known by, um, you have many different products in your portfolio, right? That's and correct. I think when you and I were speaking, Gosh, it's like probably like five, six months ago now, when you were going over the rundown of everything that you were that's in your portfolio, I kind of glommed onto the hotel portion. Yeah, it's quite a lot, but yeah, we'll talk yes. about the hotel so, in this case. So that's what I want to look at because, as you know, and probably you've seen, many airports have been adding uh, airports. Uh, I'm sorry, many airports have been adding hotels to their properties. I mean, look at here in Denver, we added the Westin, etc. So I want to really talk to you about what the trends look like now. Um, both from a domestic to even a glo uh, from global to maybe even a domestic perspective. I'm sorry, it's been a long day. No, no, I completely so. understand. It's almost the end of the afternoon, so uh, uh, definitely I'll, I'll just fill you in. So, like, actually, what we see, like, traditionally, uh, hotels like are lo located in the airport. They're traditionally serving those who are like a pa uh, air like passengers who are flying in from like um, their flights. And, you know, they their check-in times aren't. Like they're not the hotels aren't ready for them back in back in downtown, so they just want to quick get something quick and fast, convenient. So they have they try to find traditional airport hotels down there. Uh, sometimes at the same time, we we're starting to see that a lot of airport hotels are also serving another market, which is like the corporate market. There are a lot of business travelers who are traveling from um, a place to place to different airports, but they might have a convention which is close by to the airport. Or the, or the airport or the, or the airport hotel has a convention center business center sure. so you can definitely see that um, this is really catered to, towards that market uh, in, in that sense but like, I just want to kind of move down to like uh, what we also see like you know with the hotels there is your of course there are your big name brands there's the Marriott's the Sheraton's West End and then also there are also your small name brands as well and then the, from five star to one star but nowadays we're actually seeing something a little bit different and what we're seeing what i like to call in terminal airport hotels uh, because why is there a need for such in terminals airport hotels because it's really catering towards a, a certain sector that is not catered for today so that certain sector let's, let's put it this way um myself i i I actually, I, I, I fly quite a bit. Yeah, a bit. <laughs> I, I actually just flew in uh, to Denver from uh, from Hong Kong. So Hong Kong, I flew from Hong Kong to Frankfurt to to Denver. It's a thirty hour trip. So wonderful. Uh, yeah, it's a yeah a little bit jet lag. Yes. So uh, please uh, forgive me if I like <laughs> misspeak a little bit. But let's just put it this way: like I I flew in from a long flight. I arrived into I arrived into Denver. Um, let's just say. I arrived into Denver around 7 a.m. In, in the morning. I wanted to check into my hotel uh, back at, oh, near Gateway Park. But the thing is that the hotel down, down, uh, down at near Gateway Park told me, oh, sorry, sir, your hotel isn't ready for check-in. You can only check in at 2 p.m. You can't check in yet. You have to sit down at the lobby, lounge, uh, lobby and wait till your check-in time. So I would have to reluctantly just sit and wait until my hotel 
is ready to check me in. Even though I'm physically there, I haven't actually slept properly. I haven't showered. I, I just got off a red-eye flight. I'm grumpy. I mean, what is that in terms of customer experience? So that's why, like, actually, I'm just one of the many business travelers or any long-haul traveler that actually experiences these kind of pain points. So that's why the, this whole concept of in-terminal airport hotels has come in, because we're really trying to fulfill an inefficiency gap. An inefficiency gap is between two parts. One is the aviation world, and one is with, between the downtown hotel world. The downtown hotel world is their check-in times are catered on, you know, 10 p.m. Uh, no, uh, no, um, check-in time at 2 p.m., check-out time at 10 a.m. But does the aviation world, the airline world, do they follow that trend? No. Airlines fly in at 6 a.m., they fly in yeah. at midnight. They don't follow the, the traditional hotel times. So there's a big inefficiency gap. So that's why this, there's a trend of these in-terminal airport hotels which are popping up and being more prevalent in the market nowadays. It's just catering to people more, uh, again, it's obviously a convenience aspect, right? Yes. I mean, but it's, it's more than just that because again, and we're going to touch upon this, uh, really talking about the conveniences that you're finding in yep. the hotels. Because it's not just, uh, I need a place to stay, but maybe uh, I need to work out a little bit, and God knows I do, but yep. you know, uh, maybe find something to do that's quick and immediate. Yeah, I was talking to, uh, to Gary uh, earlier about just making sure that when we check in, you know, our destination knows immediately where we need to go. And you know, for him, it's Neil Young. For me, it could be a great movie and a, and a dinner somewhere. Oh, of you course. Know, so I, I guess I want to focus on the trends where, that you see that can um, make their way from the traditional type of hotel, yeah. know, Marriott's, Hilton's, et cetera, into what we are now seeing here in this space and the opportunities there. Yeah, sure, sure certainly. So like what I talked about was just really the basic function. Yeah. And then the basic function is just figuring out the pain points. And actually, I just want to kind of relate this. Actually, it's funny enough because uh, we actually do an in-terminal airport hotel. And we actually found, like how I found out about this trend was actually by accident, to be very honest with you. Um, it, um, just, I'm not sure like, if the crowd doesn't know in the background. Our company um, traditionally is an airport hospitality company, but we originally did airport lounges. We did airport lounges 20 years and we just did common use airport lounges under the brand name of Plaza Premium Lounge. But what actually happened is that within our Plaza Premium Lounges, we actually had around three to four nap cabins. And then every day, every single day, they would be always full. We were always asking ourselves, why are these nap cabins always so full? What's going on here? And then it's because of that, we started realizing like, hey, wait a minute. Like, why don't, like even at night, day, middle of the day, it's always full. So we thought, hey, why don't we make this into a separate business? In fact, if I was to take these nap cabins and just expand it to 80 rooms, 200 rooms, or, even, uh, or what have you, this could be a potential business. And that's how we kind of found this niche market right out there. So yes, that's just talking about the basics of, of as an uh, in-terminal airport hotel. And then certainly because us as a, being a hospitality of business, we thought, hey, there's also other value-added services that we must incorporate, as you mentioned earlier before. So it's not just about you know getting a flexible booking hours and being in an in-terminal airport hotel and so on and so forth but we have things you need to have things such as you know you need to have a space so we have spaces like library lounges for people to do their work co-working spaces business center conference centers we have gym yoga facilities shower cabins um, in some cases we might even have a, a, a pool and that might be a swimming pool actually in the airside post security and that's what we have in Singapore Changi Airport for example I mean there, so, there are all many extremes of this so there's, the those board. are great amenities and but it seems like those are amenities that you would find even in a traditional sense correct right? is this just a matter of location 
and real estate yeah. and access, so you're not you have it available to you and you don't have to leave. So it, it really depends because it, whenever you go to different airports, you're one thing that you're kind of restricted on is the real estate. So it's whatever real estate is available. So what sure. whenever one goes into the in terminal airport hotel, we would have to kind of customize our solution accordingly to whatever. Uh, whatever we see and whatever it needs. But more importantly, we also have to customize according to the demographic. So for instance, if the demographic is more of a transit passenger, uh, we would definitely put our in-terminal airport hotel in the post-security because these people are maybe only staying for maybe maximum of six hours. So you, you need to have the basics for them. You, know, you need to have a, you know, a proper bed. You, know, you need a proper room, shower facilities, so on and so forth. But for instance, if, it's, if they're actually arriving early in the, early in the morning uh, because their hotel's not ready for check-in, we'll have a post-security airport, in-terminal airport hotel ready for them. So it, it really varies from, uh, from uh, case to case in terms of demographic and in terms of real estate and infrastructure that we, that we get to decide so on this. Is it a matter of what's of being able to have find space available to you that you can then scale? I mean, um, and not just you, for really yeah. anyone who's looking to create these in-terminal uh, or in-airport hotels. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and, and, and customizing and like, I guess, to... to yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, so th that's one of the challenges, I guess. Um, to be very, very honest, like in the industry, that's what we're seeing. Like, especially, like, you know, definitely is very relevant in this co uh, the conference. Whenever, like, with airports, when, they, when they're thinking about a non-aeronautical revenue, they usually think about certain categories. It's usually food and beverage. It's usually travel retail. But... The, always the last one in the list is what, what I would define as airport hospitality. So it's your, it's your hotels, your, uh, your in-terminal airport hotels, your lounges, your meet and greet services, what have you. So sometimes these are not usually catered as the uh, you know, first thing like, that the airports would consider when they do the master plan. So that's some of the constraints that we have to work around with. But even like with these constraints, that's where, uh, as like, you know, just not just myself, but in, in general, as an industry, we have to make do with the limitations that we have. So that's why, like, for, for example, like, uh, for, uh, for ourselves as Plaza Premium Group, we introduced two different kind of concepts. One is a traditional uh, big size um, air hotel. So we call it air hotel. So it's, you know, the size of almost 80 rooms to almost as big as 250 rooms. These would be located pre-security or post-security. But when there's a size constraint or even limitations on infrastructure constraint, we have something what we call refresh by air hotel. So it's more for your, um, uh, it's more a downsize economic kind of version uh, because maybe the space constraints we can only get is around 3,000 square foot or 4,000 square foot. But we're able to make use of any dead space that's available to, to turn it into uh, a, a, something of a value add in the end of the day. Yeah. And I mean, let's look globally first and yes. apply them domestically. I mean, what are you seeing trend-wise globally from the passenger that's dictating the type of hotels that are being made there that maybe are st we're going to start to see here as... Oh, yeah. No, no. Continues? It's good that you're saying that because I, I still see that the U.S. is still at its infancy stage when it comes to in-terminal airport hotels. Like right now, there's a lot of traditional hotels out there in, in the U.S., you know, and they're all located like, you know, next to the next to the hotel, uh, airport or, you know, somewhere like two kilometers or sorry, two miles or three miles. So I, I have to correct my my <laughs> metric system <Thank> you. <laughs> uh, two or three miles away from the airport. So they're great, you know, of course, but they're still not catering towards a need for some of the passengers, some of the pain points, which I mentioned. Whereas in globally, when you when we talk about in where I'm from, from Asia, you know, we have airports or in the Middle East, like we have airports like Dubai, a major transit hub. 
very similar to Atlanta is a major transit hub or LA is a major transit hub. You know, we have the same kind of a profile of passengers who are traveling from a long haul and then they're transiting, they want to fly dom back domestic or they want to fly international from then on to go to South America, for example. There's not so many solutions out there for them. And then many times they would have to kind of stuck in the airport they would, or they would have no choice. They would have to leave the, the, the entire airport terminal. They would have to go in downtown to check into a hotel. Mm -hmm but maybe the transit time is only eight hours. It doesn't, for, if I was a passenger and I've done this many times, I don't feel that it's good value for money that I'm only staying in this hotel for eight hours. Like it doesn't just feel right, but that's what is happening today well, in this think, world. I don't think it ever feels right when you pay by the hour for a hotel room, it seems historically, but oh, I mean, no, that's true but, too. but still. <laughs> but in, in this sense, like, you know, we're. we're <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but still, you're right. I mean, like if you have six, seven hours, that's like really in, in between deciding to go off-site and, and staying in or, or adjacent to. Correct, correct, correct. correct. So you're That's seeing right. those behaviors globally and you're seeing that being translated here. Yeah, well. actually, we're seeing these behaviors globally. And actually, it's quite mature in, 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 in the sense, like, like I said, Dubai is already doing it. Places like Abu Dhabi is doing it. In Asia, places like even Singapore, Changi Airport, like, you know, the one sometimes the, the, the golden standard of yes, airports. everyone will love uh, Singapore, Changi yeah. is doing it. Um, I mean, it's, it's actually quite normal it, and it's, there's, there's already, um, there's products out there which are catering for that market. If you're a transit passenger, if you're early arrival or you know, you're a late arrival passenger, you have an early departure flight. Maybe your, maybe your flight is at 6am or 5am in the morning. So you, instead of, you know, being a road warrior and like driving from your home from 2am all to, uh, from 2 a.m. To, to catch your flight. And why don't you stay, stay just for a few hours for like maybe just five, five hours just to be able to kind of uh, enjoy those services and you don't need to pay that same rate that you'd be paying in a traditional downtown hotel. So who are you seeing? Are you seeing more just uh, frequent flyers or uh, more business travelers or is it a mix of families as well? Or no, no, we definitely lean in one way. No, no, it doesn't actually, actually I would say it's kind of split, equally split, split per equally. se, yeah, yeah. because um, definitely there's your corporates, uh, your, your business travelers, which are fine, but there's a lot of families out there who are also traveling with big, uh, uh, big groups or big children. Uh, that's why, like, for example, like for ourselves, that's why we definitely, for all our room types, we have room types such as a solo room or double room or family room. It's exactly catered for this uh, reason because there are different demographics coming in. Yeah. This hub session is sponsored by Plaza Premium Group. Plaza Premium Group is the pioneer and industry leader in providing premium airport hospitality services, such as lounges, hotels, meet and greet services, and dining in over 160 locations in 45 international airports across the world. The goal, make travel better. Plaza Premium Lounge is an independent lounge that gives travelers a haven away from the hustle and bustle of the airport. Travelers experience comfortable seating, enticing food and beverage, private resting suites, VIP rooms, Wi-Fi, and more. Don't your travelers deserve a home away from home? Sure they do. For more information on how to bring a Plaza Premium Lounge to your airport, visit plazapremiumgroup.com. Plaza Premium Group. We make travel 
better. What are some of the uh, current challenges aside from demand and use here in the States? Well, I mean, I, know, I, I mentioned I know space is going to say yeah, space constraint is like, I think everyone is facing a problem with space constraint. That's number one. But then number two is like I would like I said, um, the focus right now seems to be very targeted towards like uh, with sometimes with airports, the focus, especially when it's something on aeronautical revenue, the focus is on food and beverage, travel retail. But the hospitality sector, which I define as lounges or hotels and so forth, is still not really so much catered towards to. And I think there can be a, a, a revisit of this uh, once again. Uh, another thing is infrastructure, because uh, I would say like in, in uh, especially with airports in the US, a lot of these airports were built in the 60s or even before then, I don't know. <laughs> so a lot of the infrastructure, the MEP, is not really suited for the needs for, to cater for a hotel per se, because you have showers, you have you know potential kitchen facilities and uh, what have you. But sometimes like the the space is only meant for a retail. It can only fit a retail. It's not meant for that kind of use. So these are the kind of the challenges that we have to uh, we have to face, and that's why we have to provide customized solutions. Uh, in order to overcome these challenges. I mean, you said it yourself. Our structures are older, seasoned, yeah. well, seasoned, more seasoned, right? more, more mature, seasoned, more, more mature. mature yes. Um, and but it's turning. It's changing with uh, a lot of the new renovations and expansions, etc. But you're still finding yourself, uh, you know, I'm sure, not just you, but yeah. anyone, uh, having to kind of like retrofit their way into uh, a defined space. Yep. And that's the challenge. So, uh, what's going to define that? Is, is it the the, the ability to fit into a space or are you going to try to also cram in the amenities with it or or, or what? That's no, it, it really varies. Because, so that's why it's very important to understand the the constraints and the goals of an airport because every airport is very different. Uh, some airports are already going through major master plans to do major capital work projects. So it's very important that maybe perhaps at the get-go, we already start talking to them at the planning stage. So they already cater towards like, oh, okay, I'm going to have an in-terminal airport hotel. So let me allocate a certain space and allocate certain infrastructure needs to be able to cater towards this. Uh, and then the, the, right now also there's a prevalence of also the P3s as well. So there's they're also pumping in money to actually you know, develop these kind of major infrastructure projects. But sometimes, like we, when we know that it's still a slow go, it's still so, a slow go. Yeah. It's, it's ongoing. Sorry, it's just because in, in our part of the world, majority of the airports that we work together with are all majority of them are P3s, mm -hmm. and they're all quite uh, fast paced in, into into this model in this area. But that's why, like, uh, sorry, I was talking about customized solutions. So sometimes there's some airports where there's a funding constraint and there's an infrastructure constraint. So that's why instead of like us changing them, we have to change ourselves. So how, what does it mean by changing ourselves? We kind of have to come up with plug and play solutions. Sure. So like they might be something like a, a, a cabin suite. It's a plug and play cabin suite. So prefabricated, everything's already done ahead of time. It's a matter of just plug and play. And then that way we don't need the necessary like infrastructures of, you know, major major changes to the, the facility per se. We can just do a, a, a good plug and play. And a good example of that is our, uh, for example, for us, I mean, just uh, an example is that we have, a, um, we have a business division called Refresh by Air Hotel. So it's a smaller uh, subsect of our hotel project, but it's actually more of a plug and play for especially for, uh, for airports where the, there's an infrastructure issue and there's a sizing issue and the capacity constraints. Yeah. So we can talk all day about obviously the stuff that you guys do. Yeah, that's, certainly. It's fine. Certainly. Um, uh, but it's got to be inspired, I'm sure, not just from your travels yeah. from all over the place. I'm sure you've come across other brands or other chains where you've seen this is a great experience for whatever reason. Great bed, great lights, great eats, great carpet, whatever. You know, what were some of those examples, I guess, um, 
uh, and, and where that you might say, ah, oh, that was a great experience when I was in this type of hotel that you want to adapt here? Is it more oh. of like the, um, you know, a very high end, uh, uh, you know, experience or is it just kind of like comfort and utilitarian? Oh, no, no. So comfort utilitarian, that's the base. But I think there's so much more that one can do. So the beauty of it, um, I mean, I'm not just saying what we do. So I'm just what I'm seeing with others. Uh, sure. as, not just in the US, but elsewhere. Like I'm starting to see like they're also in introducing more uh, innovative ways and means to do things. So for example, like we are, uh, the, the, the people are developing self-check-in. You know, you can do check-in by yourself. You can do smart locks to be able to access the facility, able to book this anytime. Like you can book it along together, even um, uh, having a mobile app to be able to, you know, integrate with um, with any of these uh, airlines, airports, or what have you, to be able to access the facility. They also have the ability to even into, uh, even to partnership, like what I see also in the future, but what I've seen players and also including ourselves are uh, doing is that we're not working in isolation because I think that's also a problem that, uh, that is ha happening is that, you know, hospitality is doing, hotels doing the hotel, F&B is doing the F&B, sure. travel retail is doing the travel retail. But I really believe that there's a point that where we can come up with a trinity between all three divisions. Uh, so an example, what I've seen in, at, uh, in the hotels, especially in terminal airport hotels, we don't necessarily have to have our own kitchens. Why don't we work alongside together with the F&B uh, companies, which are already, out, already inside the terminal itself? We simply put, we set up a QR code, an, uh, uh, a food mobile ordering system, and have that food delivered. And I uh, have that food delivered to your room or to your facility. That, that's the trinity right there. We can also do pop-ups in terms of the travel retail to feature some mm -hmm. luxury goods inside. You know, it can be the Chanel's, Louis Vuitton's, what have you. So it's all, it all works hand in hand with one another. Yeah, I think some version of that works now, I think in Orlando with their Hyatt, I believe, yes. as well, which is good. So that's a good synergistic kind of like example. I guess, I guess the one thing I wanted to, you, you mentioned, and I think it works well with you. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, the trinity of things. That's great because it's, you know, just, uh, it strikes to me now because you are get you have multiple points or multiple uh, touch points in a travel's journey that you guys are hitting, you know, identifying that customer and their need throughout the space. Whether like I'm flying from one place, I need a lounge, or uh, I need this kind of other solution. Yeah, I guess it's tailoring that. Do you see a lot of change? Yeah. Wanting to capture every aspect, like almost what you guys do in some way. Yeah, yeah, def definitely. Because, like I said, we're not working in isolation. Actually, what we should do as an industry as a whole, we should we should see this as a A to Z. You know from the moment that you leave your home to where you fly to your destination. So like, it's important that we create experiences from the origin, transit, and destination. So we make sure that every touch point, there is something that we can potentially offer. So that's it, a lot of cats to herd. That's a lot of cats to herd, but there's a lot of partners out here. I mean, look at this whole exhibition. No, I know, I so see. It's, it's a matter of just working together and not in isolation to be able to come up with something quite meaningful. For our for our customers, I mean, look. At the end of the day, also, like from an airport's perspective, the important thing is that number two, two things. They number one, they want to raise their ASQ levels, the airport service quality. So it's very important to add. It's very important, especially to stay competitive, uh, to ensure that we have the good facilities out there that really cater for the needs of the passengers. Be it if they're or they're traveling in transit or origin destination and what have you. Uh, that's one thing. And then number two thing is they're all uh, airports also are looking for non, uh, additional forms of non-aeronautical revenue. I mean, this is the aer airport revenue news conference. So airport experience news. Airport experience news. Sorry, sorry. Airport experience news. Um, so it's very important that, hey, there's actually a new form of revenue channel that's coming in that keeps everything still fresh. So it, everything's quite new and innovative in that, in that sense. So it's quite important that 
we want to be a part of that change as well to, uh, for the airport partners. So you mentioned an app uh, earlier, yeah. and you're just using your app to check in. That would be, I guess, a PPG app or, or yes, something correct. generic right? that and stuff. Do you see that, uh, are there examples of that already, like, like a Marriott app or, or Yeah, I mean, like, I'll give you an example. Like, uh, one of the inspirations that we took, actually, was the Marriott app, Marriott Bonvoy, and I love that app. Uh, yes, it's as great. do I. As do I, especially after they did the integration together mm. with Starwood. Yes. Now, now they have so many out there. So actually, we're just like uh, a little, uh, we're just learning. We're still a little like, you know, step by step, but we actually have the same aspirations. Think of it this way. Uh, today, um, we have 46 international airports and we operate in 170 outlets. We have lounges, our hotels, our meet and greet services and what have you. What we are trying to do is that why not we actually use, why don't we have a program, a, a rewards program, which we call Smart Traveler, and to be, have that integrated throughout the entire ecosystem of the airport, airport world. So I might be traveling on my origin flight, I, I need a lounge access. I might be in my transit, I need a hotel access. Upon arrival, I need a meet and greet. So at every touch point, I can actually use these points to, to access the facilities. This is happening now? And this is happening currently today, right now. So like, think, think of this as the points that you can use for instant redemption across the airport ecosystem. And the thing is that this does not necessarily have to be limited to just um, like just like with hotels or lounges or what have you. In fact, it's so much more than that. One can actually create, you know, vis-a-vis, -vis, you could say a digital currency within all airports around the world. And it, this can be extended to the food and beverage world. This can be extended to the retail world. But all of this creates as a passport to be able to access all this. So in a way, it's creating like a mini economy. Uh, there are some, there is an operator that does that where they do assist a certain carrier in offloading some of their points. So you're saying some version of that. Uh, some version of that, but certainly like um, the, the version that um, I'd be kind of highlighting is more, something that's more catered towards the airport hospitality division of more on the concession sides. But I guess in your, in, to your point um, you were making earlier, you know, it's integrating, it is one of, it, it would be the, you know, it would be the central hub and it would be among the various folks that you would be working with food, retail services, et cetera. Exactly, exactly. So it's kind of, you're, you are creating somewhat of an ecosystem then. Correct. To kind of because at the end of the day, what you want to do is you want to develop a CRM. You want to understand who is this customer? What do they need? And be able to anticipate their needs ahead of time. So if they need, for instance, that you know that they're going to be in transit in a certain major transit hub, say Atlanta, for example, and they're going to be there for four hours. Hey, maybe like instead of instead of them just roaming like like around like without like without any objective, Maybe we already have a notification that can shoot to them and say, wait a minute, I know that you're staying, uh, you're, you're in transit for four hours. Why don't you take, uh, have, come drop by our in-terminal airport hotel? You know, the first hour for you, we'll give for free or complimentary. We'll give you a discount or what have you and then let them come in. So you're kind of anticipating the needs and giving good value for, uh, good value for the passenger. Yeah. So something you mentioned earlier, just in terms of size, like uh, obviously it has to be utilitarian. That's yeah. The that's the baseline, right? And a bed and, um, you know, maybe some places set your set your stuff. So how is this any different than something like, say, like a minute suites? Or okay. uh, I saw in here um, a sleep pod or, you know, et cetera. How of do you course. differentiate from something like that? And I don't have to leave. Or maybe they're just two different uses. No, no it's different uses. Like, yes, the function, everyone, people, number one, they're all, everyone's resting. But yes, several differences. First one, um, for, for us, I mean, like the difference for us. We operate in the pre-security world and the post-security world. A lot of the things that I'm seeing is mainly on the post-security. 
So, but the thing is that pre-security and post-security, you're actually targeting different market sets, mm -hmm. as I mentioned earlier on before. Uh, another thing is that we actually have a proper bed. Uh, so we're actually looking like we actually have a proper bed. Like a, it's like a hotel room bed with a full shower suite, all included, all all under like one roof. So uh, we're not looking. We're not doing um, you know no showers, and we're not looking at like so sofa beds and what have you. Like, we're actually doing full proper beds and amenities. But those but those experiences sure, are, are yes. evolving now. They're evolving now, right now. So like also at the same time, like we try to also in, include not just limited to just the room, but learning also like from the traditional hotels, but trying to like get pieces of it because we're having some constraints. We have public spaces, so we have like library lounges uh, that are out there. Uh, we have co-working spaces, the business centers, conference centers, uh, our gym facilities. If possible, if the airport allows us, we'll add a pool, <laughs> but unlikely. No, <laughs> in, no, not in certain locations. Yeah. <laughs> um, an another thing is that we like to incorporate a good sense of place. So you'll notice, like, with um, we we don't try to do a cookie cutter concept no matter where we go. So we always try to incorporate a design element that incorporates the local culture that we're in. So, for example, like whenever you go into any of our rooms, you'll notice a mosaic that represents a mosaic design that represents the every locale of where we are. So, for instance, we have a location in Kuala Lumpur. We have um, 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 our batik design of, of, of the Southeast Asia. Uh, we have it in Singapore. We have the, you know, the roadmaps of Singapore uh, and its uh, uh, infrastructure we have in London. We, I mean, it just varies. So we have to actually incorporate some That's localization. localization to it. And then with the localization is not just on the design, but the localization also comes in terms of the food. So we also sometimes we offer food elements uh, into it. So the food elements, for example, we also open a facility in India where now we actually do um, like not not tandoori, but like we do like what they call oh my gosh I'm, I'm blanking out here like it's like a vati together with curries and what have you. Whereas like when you're in uh, in whereas when you're like in Hong Kong for example we'd be doing fishball noodles for the for our passengers. So all this is all localization in, in a sense. But an, another major difference I would say is that we're not just just an airport a terminal air terminal airport hotel. We are playing the global game. We're trying. To, we're looking at the whole suite of services from A to Z as shared. Like we do lounges, hotels, meet and greet. So we actually see ourselves not in that hotel world, but actually all together as a, a seamless travel experience from A to Z. No, of course, yeah. and that's what everyone wants. Because again, yeah. it's how do I get from one point to the next? And because everything is uh, fragmented yeah. so much, like. That's why I was saying it's like there's a lot of cats to herd. That's a cat to herd, but we have a big team. I mean, we we <laughs> we, we currently we, we have five thousand colleagues worldwide, and uh, we serve around sixty million passengers annually. And no, I mean, like let, let's put it this way: it's not like we're going to uh, work head work head to head against like, the people who have uh, have some sleep solutions. Actually, in fact, we're looking to partner together with these kind of players out there and work in partner. And who knows? Why don't we create a in terminal airport hotel alliance that we can work on hand in hand and so then we can really truly give a true seamless experience uh throughout the airport ecosystem everyone wants to build a group together all of a sudden uh. yeah, that's, that's <laughs> unbelievable um you didn't get uh you kind of touched upon it earlier and maybe it's just a matter of uh different uh use use uh users of the space yes. right again I look at something at the Minisuites. I, I, I know Dan Solomon intimately, so it's great. But they are elevating that space where it's it's almost very comparable. Is is this just a matter of length of stay or is it a matter of just uh, use and demand? I mean, again, what is the separation between the time of a of an aerotel, let's yeah. say, versus what you would 
in a minute suites. No, no. I mean, it's the capture, I guess. So it's, no, it's just like we, we cap, like like I said, like we're in your pre, if you're in pre-security, your post-security, the, the travel demographic will be different. So in this case, when you're talking about like with the minute suites or, or what have you, like we're, they're, they're really more, more capturing the people who are the air, airline passengers who are either in transit cancel flights or they just maybe at maximum of three hours so like you usually would be limited to like normally three hours if you're in O&D traffic because you can only check in three hours before your flight whereas like if you're in pre-security you can act like a hybrid both like a traditional hotel but you can also provide flexible booking hours as well for those who are you know early departures late arrivals and or what have you Oh, excellent. Yeah. So my last question for you, and you can be very creative and, no, no, and, and sure, fun sure, with no this problem. one, but you Go know, um, it's probably touched upon, you've probably touched upon some of the things already, Yes. but would love for you to just share some of the, your, your personal wants in that we would like in, in a little micro hotel in an airport if you were traveling. Oh, um, I mean, I think I just said all of them already though, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. I mean, I, I, what, would, what we'd love to do is like just work in partnership together with like we, I don't. We don't want to do this all in isolation. We want to work in partnership together with all the brands that are already out there existing in the airport, but also those who are which are existing downtown. So it's not just like an isolated experience. We want to have, like, for instance, like well, we are working together. I mean, we already have this. Uh, we have a brand partnership together with Perno Ricard. So we actually develop a whiskey bar inside some of our facilities. Yeah. I want to be able to incorporate that as well into our hotels. We want to be able to do um, some, uh, a tea bar, for example, like, for example, working together with a company such as Dilma Tea to be able to you know, get that you know, get that kind of uh, uh, you know tea journey. Or just have some fun. So you're really it. trying to find ways that like anyone can have a bed and a dresser, etc. It's, 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 it's about all the surrounding adjacent. Yeah, yeah, items of course. And, and how to work together. And then, of course, ultimately, like, as I shared, if we can actually all work under a same ecosystem. You know, uh, and then be able to push clients to one another. I think that that really helps in the whole perfect trinity, and that's what we, we should actually we actually should all be doing instead of just competing head to head with one another. And then I I often I often hear like um, players people saying, "Oh, you're stealing our customers." Yeah, they're not, they're, mm -hmm. if they stay in your hotel, they're not going to spend in my outlet. Uh, so so on. but I I think that we shouldn't have that kind of mindset. I think we should all find some ways to kind of have a win win relationship between one another. So I would love to have a more open uh, and uh, partnership with all parties. That, that's the for that well, that's what we foresee in the future, definitely. Excellent. Yeah. Well, uh, Jonathan, thank you so much for taking time to speak with me. All right, thank you. Thank you again. Thank you.